0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Branson Bellow. God, your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. So, we're going to have conversations around that area this morning, because I believe that everybody in the world, globally speaking, needs some kind of mental Therapy, Because having gone through the pandemic, having gone through the lockdown, a lot has changed about people and some of you don't even know you have changed. Some of you don't know that your posture has shifted until you start to see yourself in the next few years, that your response to certain things is not the same anymore. Do I have a witness here? Some people have become more afraid than they usually would be. Oh, I'm seeing my dear friend... Um, Mr. Shea, the executive director of Nikon Luxury. Let's celebrate him. Thank you so much for for being a part of the service this morning. Amen. So, are you following my conversation? So, this morning we're going to talk. Amen. Because there is one direction for the establishment of your heart in the Standpoint Church that I want to re-emphasize. And having been through a lot, having haven't gone through a lot i'm looking at many faces different folks for different different strokes for different folks uh the person who is sitting by your side you have no idea of what that person has been through this year we can even extend it to beyond this one year to the last few years it has been rough for so many people and the problem with experiences is not the experience itself but it's the disposition or is the change of heart that it leaves the person after the experience is over. And that's the reason why we must come back to the word so that we are intact and we are not shifting or drifting. Can I hear an amen? Okay, so the conversation of God, your heart is important for us. A lot of people have gone through heartbreaks, a lot of people have gone through disappointments. Uh, The lockdown itself when you see people agitating and coming out to do all sorts of things, uh, you see several demonstrations. You can't lock people in for that long and not have that natural expression of the outburst of anger. So you can see the narrative playing out from the beginning of the year and all through the year as we journey to the end of the year. So What is the disposition of God in all of this? The disposition of God is that he is kind and he is good to us. If you are able to keep this idea and this mindset that regardless of what you have been through, God is still good and God is still kind to you, you are in a better place. But the moment you begin to think that God is not good anymore, or God is not happy with you or God is angry with you that's where you begin to drift as a matter of fact you are under spiritual attack and the spiritual attack is not just necessarily that there are witches pursuing you from your village or whatever but the moment you begin to think that he doesn't love you or because of the happenings that you are not loved by God you are under spiritual attack so we must understand the wiles and the schemes of the devil say amen somebody so, having been through a lot, I want to bring back our minds to focus. This is the end of the year. We need the right disposition of heart to do what God wants us to do for next year and even um, whilst this year is wrapping up. Uh, amen. So, let me start by reading a scripture Ezekiel chapter 36. We have a promise in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. If you have it for me, please help me do project on the multimedia screens. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What it's saying here is that I will give you a heart that is responsive to the spirit of God. So can you say to me, uh, can you say with me, I have a new heart? I have a new spirit this is a promise in the old testament because they were not yet regenerated they were not yet born again Uh, but after jesus died and rose again he has given us a new heart the cry of david is creating me a clean heart and what renew a right spirit within me because david is saying how can i keep your law when from within me intrinsically there is something wrong how can i keep your law it is impossible to do what is right because i don't even have a right makeup my spirit my heart is wrong so that's the frustration that david is having and he therefore prays that prayer creating me a clean heart but you and i know that because we are of the new creation we already have a new heart say amen somebody so say with me i have a new heart I have a new spirit. spirit. Alright. Creating me a clean heart. That's David's prayer. But the blessing of the New Testament is that we have a new heart. So everything that I'll be talking about today doesn't speak to your position. But I'm speaking to your experience. Because of course you know positionally you have a new heart. But experientially some of you are still dealing with toxicities. I mean you're still dealing with... Issues, you're still dealing with things that clog the purity and the sincerity of your heart. So that's what we want to talk about this morning. The experience part of your heart, not the position part of your heart. Positionally, you already have a good heart. Amen? All right, I'm going to share a scripture here. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9, let's see it. Let's start from verse 7 actually. Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 7. Glory, glory, glory. All right. It says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Next verse. Jesus Christ, let's read it together. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then let's see verse 9. It says, Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have... That's not all of us reading. That's not everybody reading. Let's read verse 9 again, please, if you will. Let's go. One to go. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. The Bible says that it is good that the heart be established with what? With grace. So say with me, it is good that the heart be established by grace. It is good that the heart be established by grace. All right, memorize just that portion of this, this verse and say to your neighbor, it is good that the heart be established by grace. Come on, tell somebody. It is good that the heart be established by what? By grace. The only thing that can establish your heart is grace. The only thing that can establish your heart is what? Grace. The only thing that can establish your heart is grace. Let's see the living Bible. Do you have the living Bible? Okay, let's see the message version. Let's see the message version. The message version of the same verse 9. It says, don't be lured. Let's read it together. One to go. Don't be lured away from him by the latest speculations about him. The grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. Let's stop here. I like this one. The grace of Christ is what? the only good ground for life so beyond you catching the today I want you to check because I'll be saying some things this morning and I don't want you to say Pastor Phil tell them or the pastor is talking to them I'm talking to you okay I'm talking to you everybody needs to reposture his or her heart after Christ continuously for an experiential transformation Everybody needs to do it. Everybody needs to do it. Now, the Bible here says that the only good ground for life is grace, not principles. I may not have a witness here now. It's fine. Principles are not a good ground for life. Grace is is the only good ground for life. Um, Traditions are not a good ground for life. The gospel that I've been preaching to you in the last five years is the only good ground for life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only good ground for what? For life. Your philosophies, your principles, your traditions, your intelligence is not a good ground for life. Your smartness is not a good ground for life. The gospel, sir, the gospel, ma, is the only good ground for life. I'm saying this because a a lot of us, I see where we are when things happen and it tells me what you really believe. Because if you really believe something, it will be your first projection when things happen. Because where the heart of a man is, that's where his treasure is. Or where a treasure is, that's where the heart of a man is. Intelligence cannot be the good ground for life. You know, um, um, we were having a conversation one time, and some people were talking about the church, saying that the church should do charity, and, you know, this is the reason for the church. And I said, no, the reason for the church is to... project the truth of the gospel, the church does charity, but the church is not called primarily for charity. But the church does charity. You can be a nationalist. You can be someone who is passionate about the nation. Someone who is a globalist. Someone who is passionate about humanity. But hear me, the only good ground for life is the gospel. What is the solution for the poor? Jesus was recounting the prophecy. And he said, the spirit of God is upon me, for he has anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to who? The poor. He didn't say he has called me to give food to the poor. No amen. Amen. I'm not getting an amen. amen. I said... That Jesus did not say, the spirit of God is upon me because he has called me to bring food to the poor. He said he has called me to preach the gospel to the poor. And the poor there is both spiritual poor and physical poor. Because when you preach the gospel to the poor, that is what the poor actually needs. And I'm telling you that the solution to everything is the gospel. If you really understand the gospel, of course you know you would take, you would take care of your family, you would, you would do business, you would give to the poor. These are byproducts of the gospel. So if you understand the gospel, it will naturally outflow those things, but they are not... The, the, the message must be the priority. So please, can I say to you, TSP, that... There must be nothing you are passionate about more than the gospel. You must not be passionate about money more than the gospel. You must not be passionate about charity, about justice, about humanity, about anything, about family, more than the gospel. The gospel is the focus and the gospel is the center and it is from that center you have proper direction for family. Talk to me, somebody. You have proper direction for money. You have proper direction for helping the poor. I hope you know Jesus fed the poor. There was nobody who did charity as much as Jesus. In the days of Jesus, you know what it means to feed 5,000 people? You know what it means to give 5,000 people bread? Because in the days of the Jews who were under the Roman Empire, there were a lot of poor Jews. So nobody had, nobody had that well-to-do nature, and ability to feed 5,000 people. And there were 5,000 people who came and they were hungry after they heard the word. Jesus sat them down, broke bread, multiplied the bread, and gave the poor. Jesus took care of the poor. He fed the poor. But there was another time where he was going to preach and the people were following him and he knew that they were following him because of the food. And when he said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, because this time I gave you bread and fish yesterday, but today I'm preaching the gospel to you because the gospel is actually what you need. So he said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you shall not partake of the kingdom and all of that. And and some people got angry and they started to walk away because there was no bread and fish anymore this time. Have you seen people who are disappointed because you did good yesterday, but today you can't help them, they are angry with you, and they don't remember when you helped them yesterday? Have you seen people like that? It's because the focus is wrong. The focus is wrong. The gospel must be what establishes our heart. If you are following the scripture, the Bible says that the grace of Christ is the only good ground. Let's say it until he sings. Let's say it until he sings. Let's say it until he sings. Please say with me, until he sings in your spirit, that the grace of Christ is what? The only, 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 only. What's the meaning of the word only? There is no other option. If you have options, then you are not following the Bible. The grace of Christ is what? The only good ground for life. And then the disciples were feeling... Uh, uh, Jesus looked at the disciples and said Are you also going to go with them Are you also going to walk away with them Because I didn't give them bread today I didn't do charity today Are you also going to walk out with them And Peter answered Jesus and said Where else can we go Because with you are the words of eternal life See what I'm saying to you is, is, Is this That You know I did a series on The mind of Christ and the society And I made you see how that sometimes, if you follow the general perception of what people call truth or what people call normal, you will be the odd one out if you are following the Bible. And I taught you during the lockdown and during the pandemic to learn how to sing off key, because the world is singing one key. You can you can don't mistake what is normal to be truth. The fact that it is popularly accepted doesn't make it truth. The grace of Christ, oh God help me. The grace of Christ is the only, only, the only good ground for life. Now, has Pastor Phil said that you shouldn't do charity? Me, no. I'm saying that if you understand the gospel, you would even give more money to people. But your your priority is not just handing handouts to people. What did what, see, see, look at this thing in the scripture. Jesus gave fish to Peter, businessman, Igbo man in the Jewish culture. Jesus gave fish to Peter. And Jesus said to Peter after he gave him the fish, "Follow me and I will make you fish out of men, not fish out of fish. I will make you fish out of men." Peter left the fish that he caught. He was toiling all night for. He left it and he followed Jesus. What is Jesus trying to say? It's not about the things. There is something that has to be the topmost priority for you. I told myself many years ago that I cannot be more passionate. Everybody, please, pastors, everybody hear me. Everybody hear me. You all know my stand. You know, we had a meeting some time ago with the pastors and I told them, I said, this is my stand on things. That my stand is the gospel first. And I'll tell you why some of us are going through a spiral, a downward spiral into pain and sorrow and depression. I'll tell you, I'll show you the scripture. I told him my son, I said, my stand is the gospel. Nothing, nothing takes more passion than the gospel. And I'm not asking you to do that because I want you to be a pastor. I'm saying just be a believer and follow the Bible. Does that make sense? Nothing must take utmost priority other than the gospel why because it is your heart it is the gospel that establishes your heart the gospel is the only good ground for life so people can be popular about an opinion please look at it through the lens of the gospel so i found out that this year a lot of people have not been able to pull out of their spirituality that that vigor To resist some things that naturally they would resist. Some of us are still struggling with bitterness, anger, beef, malice. And you have been hearing the gospel. So what is the problem? You know, when your spirit gets so weak and starved that you can't even pull out strength from your spirit man anymore to respond to things that normally on a good day you are above, there is a problem. So it is either the people who are hearing the gospel are dull of hearing, Please look at me, everybody. If our leaders, I'm talking to you mostly, because you cannot be listening to the gospel for a long time, and your life is not reflecting the gospel. There is something wrong. If what you're doing is wrong, it has to change, because beholding us in the mirror of the glory of God, you are being transformed from glory to glory. Let me show you a scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. 2 Thessalonians. It says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by what? By grace. Next verse. Comfort what? Your hearts. And establish To establish means that you are unmovable It means that you are not shaking In your convictions So when we say grace What is grace? Grace is the love of God And the kindness of God Titus chapter. Let's start from Titus chapter 2 verse 11 Titus chapter 2 verse 11 Titus chapter 2 verse 11 It says Let's read it together everybody Want to go For the grace of God That brings salvation Has appeared to what? To all men, what brings salvation? Grace. The grace of God has appeared to who? All men. all men. Okay, let's see Titus chapter 3 verse 4. Let's see what grace means. Titus chapter 3. He says, let's read it together. One to go. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. So, what appeared in chapter 2? The grace of God. What is appearing in chapter 3? The love and the kindness of God. So what is it? When you see grace in the Bible, it's talking about the love of God and the kindness of God. Okay? Do we understand that? So anywhere you see grace, you can interchange it to, that, uh, to the love of God and the kindness of God. The love of God and the kindness of God is the only good ground for life. The love of God and the kindness of God is your only stand For life with this you will do family better you can't do family effectively without God so because you have a lot of people who are trying to focus on family and I need to focus on my family I need to take care of my family it is all about my wife and me and I and her (laughs) and my children see A time is going to come where you will spiral downwards into pain, taking care of what you love. Because God is not involved. It is God that makes you effectively do it well. I want to focus on business. It's about business, business, business. I don't have time for God. I'm looking at you. Because you need God more than, I don't want to say that. He needs you. But the truth is, you need God. You need God. Focus on business, money, money. It's a rat race from Monday to Friday to Saturday, and then there is no consciousness, there is no deliberate. How can you tell me that there is no space in your deliberate plan to bring God in your plans and in your life? There is something wrong, and it is a function of a lack of revelation. That you don't know that business is better with God. For it is him who gives you power to make wealth. Oh. It's, him, oh. it's him. Because there are certain things that must take its place. So, I'm coming to a portion where I will begin to speak to your personal life. But there are certain things that must take its place and its cause in your life. If not, you will grow tired doing business. If not, you might make money unfulfilled. If not, you might make money and become popular and rich and big, unsatisfied. Don't go and learn from people after you have gone past life. You are 40 and you are 60. That's when you are learning lesson. Remember the creator, your God, in the days of your youth. Now you should know because the preacher has been telling you the grace of God is the only good ground for life. Please help me look at your neighbor and say, the grace of God is my only good ground for life. I tell you why many are weak, and many are tired. Your focus has been wrong. Your focus has been wrong. Your focus has been wrong. The snakes got into the camp one day, and it began to bite the people, the children of Israel, right, and they started to die and God told Moses, "Put the brazen serpent up there, and anyone who sees the brazen serpent will leave and True to it, anybody who looked up at the brazen serpent started to leave. And I asked myself the question, why didn't God tell them to deal with the wound and clean the wound? Many of you have been trying to deal with your wounds. You've been trying to introspectively deal with yourself. Meanwhile, God is saying, look at Christ. That beholding him in the mirror, the glory of God, you are, you are being transformed. Have you forgotten the trick that Jacob used to multiply his sheep, and it became more than Laban's own, he got the one he wanted to be looking at what he wanted. That as they were mating, they were looking at the speckled. I don't, do you, you remember the story? They were, and as, for animals to produce that principle to walk, how much more human beings that have the Spirit of God? Your focus has been wrong. You see somebody pass you right now, loving your heart is scarce. Because your spirit is tired. You don't even know. Your spirit is tired. I've been noticing that some people are not in peace anymore. And peace is eluding your spirit, not because events are happening, but because your focus is wrong. Because your focus is wrong. Your spirit, man, is tired. I already read to you that you already have a new heart positionally but experientially if grace is not establishing your heart your spirit will be tired and I was sharing with you some time ago that how can you become effective in life when there are so many things that you have to do and be effective at those things because you will get more busy as you get older children are going to come expectations will rise parents will be there to take care of then you will get to the points where you begin to counsel and mentor people Mentor your own grandchildren? And you have to be strong in your body? You need grace, oh? so <laughs> You need grace. Because this world is full, full of agitations. And people naturally respond to life with the agitations the world brings to them. So if you don't understand the rhythm of grace, you would be responding to life based on life's agitations that it throws to you. And you will be on a rat race, not achieving one thing. Because you are trying to respond to life with the agitations of life. That's why from now, as I'm teaching you, I've been teaching you the gospel. If I was discussing with Pastor Shala, I said, some people who I think are not hearing are actually the ones being transformed. And the people I think are, are hearing are the ones that I'm wondering if they are hearing. Because Paul got frustrated one day. He says, my little children of whom I travail again in birth that Christ beformed in you. Even you, if care is not taken, some of you came when you heard the gospel the first time, Pastor Phil preached the gospel. For that season, you were passionate about the gospel. Oh, it's all about the gospel. Oh, it's all about... Then now, you started to drift because now you think you have known the gospel and it's something for you to tick. And you don't know that the gospel is something for you to stay, not to tick. You don't take the gospel. Okay, now I've known this or what next? There's nothing like what next. It's a milk you keep drinking. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow and continue thereby. Please help me look at your neighbor. Say the grace of Christ is the only Josh, if you, that uh, message version, help me put it there so that everybody will see it. Everybody. The grace of Christ. The grace of Christ. So, when, when it comes to how you deal with people, when it comes to how you deal with people who betrayed you, please hear the grace of Christ. It's the only good ground, though, to dealing with people who betrayed you. To dealing with people who talked about you. To dealing with people who, who you found out had bad intentions, but they were smiling at you. I was watching a movie one day, and I mean, recently, and it was a wedding. A wedding. And I saw the lady. I saw the lady on TV. She, she came for the wedding. And she was saying, under her breath, hmm, this is your marriage. And immediately the couple passed. Hey, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. People are like that. You know, I, I was born in the house of a pastor. So, my, my parents wired us in such a way that all we think about is good. My first encounter was the Bible. We grew up having morning devotions every day. This is not something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rub on anybody's face who didn't have that experience. I'm just privileged to have that experience. Amen? So, I grew up thinking that everybody was good. I grew up thinking that everybody was normal. I didn't know that some people are not as stable, and it is not any fault of theirs. It is probably because of where they are coming from. That's why you can't really judge people, because you don't know where they are coming from. It was when I went to school, because I had never left Kanu, local Kanu boy. It was when I went to school, when I got to Edo State, I realized that people are not well. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. I realized that people are unstable. Unstable emotionally, people are people don't have confidence in themselves. I realized that there are some people who, if they are not told that they look nice, their whole week is bad. I realized that there are some people who need affirmation to live. I didn't know, I didn't know that there's, I didn't even know that there were people who did not have a balanced family because I was living in my own cosmic small world. And then when I started to pastor in school, Pastor Chimese is here now, we pastored together. He pastored in his chapter, I did in mine, Idahosa too, the same thing. That was when I started to encounter people. And then I would hear, someone will come to meet me, um, please pastor, pastor pray for me. My dad and my mom, they've been separated for 12 years. And in my, when I heard it the first time, I'm like, that's strange. That's strange, that's new. I didn't know that the normal is even strange, and that's what you have mostly out there. Please. You see, you see, the world is getting darker. Hear me, you know, I'm, I'm not teaching, I'm just talking to you. The world is getting darker. If you don't establish your heart with grace, you will follow the world. You will. You might be a Christian, you might be in church, you might be coming every time, but if you don't est- your own heart I'm not talking about your neighbor, because a lot of you like to see what is wrong with somebody. And you don't, see, you don't preach to your own self. I'm talking about you. You, 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 you. You will replay out the thing you are running from. That, that thing, that family experience. I did this thing now in the mind of Christ and the family. That experience you're unhappy about. Your fight against it will be replaying it in your own experience. If you don't apply grace as the only good ground for your own life. Talk to me, somebody. That's why grace has to be your only good ground. You want to raise good children? Please use grace. You want to raise good children? Use grace. Because you are not the only one who is going to raise your children. Yes, you are not the only one. Your school, the school you take your kids to, will raise them. The people you don't know whose kids are wired to think like their parents will influence your kids. But the only thing that will overpower those external influences is the grace that you are infusing in your own children. You want to have a good marriage, please use grace. Oh. Use grace. Don't use principles. Principles are good. they have. The... But any principle that is consistent with the grace of God and with the Bible, use that principle. But any other principle, no matter how popular... Talk to me, somebody. No matter how popular it is, if it is not in line with the word of God, drop it. It will not help you. I mean, see the scripture. Look at it. It says, the grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. Products named after Christ don't seem to do much for those who buy them. You went to buy them. You paid for it. Ah. You paid for it. You did expensive things because grace is simple. That one is complex. You want complex things. Oh yeah, now. Let's stay with the Bible. Let's stay with grace. So, back to my story. A lot of people have gotten tired to doing spiritual things because we have missed the place of devotion. We have missed the place of personal fellowship. Some of us hardly even read our Bibles in the morning just because you think you know the Bible. I'm going to say that again. I know, I know you guys. Pastors, did you hear me? Some of us don't read our Bibles. Because we think we are well taught. Some of us read our Bibles to preach. Some of us read our Bibles when we have an appointment on a WhatsApp group to share the word of God. Some of us read our Bibles when there is a reason to read the Bible, but it is not a personal culture to read the Bible. How can your spirit be strong? So a lot of people are moving from spirituality to carnality. That is the reason why one heartbreak will change you and you can't recover. Pastor Phil, uncensored. One heartbreak. The heartbreak came. The guy has moved on. The girl is angry with the guy. The girl is bitter with the guy. The girl finds even someone who may be better in quote, because I'm not saying somebody is better than somebody, but I'm saying that the girl finds someone who may be better, but she's still angry. The guy finds someone who is who may, who may be better for his purpose or who suits him better, but he's still angry because one heartbreak has torn him apart and he's not even able to recover properly because grace is not in the heart. Two sisters in church are not greeting each other. Why? Because one is strong, the other one is also strong. I'm not green, I'm not i in the tear shirt, you know. Huh? You know, right? Yes. I mean, if I, if, I, if I succumb, it shows that I'm weaker. There's no grace. No grace. What are we preaching? What are we preaching? What are we preaching when we are fighting each other? We are having envy for one another. We are keeping malice with one another. What are we talking about? What are we preaching? What are we preaching? What are we preaching? Where is the grace of God in this? somebody did not greet you, is the reason why you will not say congratulations to somebody? Is the reason why you cannot identify with people's pains? You know what I've I've learned? I've learned how to identify with people's pain and people's celebrations. If you cannot say congratulations to someone from a good mind, something is doing you. You don't even know. This pandemic has done many things. In the pandemic, we had more records of divorces. I hope you know that. Because it was at that time that families had to stay together. (laughs) No escape. Even the office is saying, don't come to work, stay in your house. (laughs) Walk from the house. And when the pandemic hit, husband and wife, you know, because sometimes the husband wakes up and he dresses up to go to work. It's not necessarily passion for work that is taking him to work. It's escape. (laughs) Escape from the troubles and the issues of life in a human being or the wife or it can be vice versa because I'm, i'm not i'm not speaking to one gender amen it can be vice versa the woman is running away from somebody's trouble and the man truly has trouble so in the lockdown a lot of people separated and there was divorce everywhere and, and that's because we, we have not seen... TSP, hear me. TSP, hear me. If you're going to build a long-lasting, happy, joyful life, please stay, 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 stay with the grace of God. <laughs> stay with the gospel. Stay with the gospel. Stay with the gospel. How do I know that this gospel works? I have parents. I've seen my father. And by virtue of being a pastor's kid... My father is a bishop, doing great things. You cannot, he's the number one Christian, in our opinion, in Cano. We all know he's the apostle of the north, we know, of the grace of God. There have been so many people around us. So I've watched the trajectory of people's lives. And I've seen what brings true satisfaction at the end of the day. Our parents have lived, sometimes even more than twice our age, and it's wisdom to learn from them. You understand what I'm saying? So, I've seen that when you put your weight on God more than things, than what you think you're pursuing, you actually do better in the long run. You actually do better in the long run. Yeah. Have you read the story of Abraham? God promised Abraham he was going to give him a child. And Abraham received the promise legitimately from God. (laughs) It was at hundred years, hundred, hundred years that the fulfilment of that promise actually came to pass. Hundred. Have you thought about the mockings of people, and Abraham and Sarah? Have you thought about how his friends, even his enemies, would have mocked him, saying that he's looking forward for a promise? Do you, you know what? You know what it means to try to have a child at the age of hundred. There's no need to picture it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hundred, man of God, 100, hundred. But the Bible says that Abraham considered not Kai, oh God, this gospel eh? you have to stay with it too oh. If not, you have misguided passions. That's why I was trying to correct some of you. I was trying to correct some of you. You were passionate about the gospel before. Let it still be your passion. Let it still be your number one passion. If not you have misguided passions. Abraham, the Bible says, he considered not the deadness of his body, but he staggered not in unbelief. Giving glory to God, meaning that he was acknowledging God for everything. And that is the reason why Abraham was not weak in faith. The natural disposition of of time on faith is that it weakens faith. Natural, natural. The natural disposition, so that if you have faith today and you allow your faith to run a natural course over 10, 5, 15 years and you haven't seen the object of the faith, the natural disposition is that the faith gets weaker. That's the natural disposition. That, that's the reason why some of you believe less today compared to how you believed when God spoke to you first. Because your convictions have dropped, uh, because you haven't seen what you should be convicted yet about so your convictions are waning but what happened to abraham his faith grew stronger over time even though he didn't see the object of the faith what was the secret he kept acknowledging god at every time he never shifted focus from god never did that's why the bible says look to abraham your father say look to him look to him that's the father of faith that's the father of promise Yes, he had justification by faith. That's the object of the matter. But you see the character of the man Abraham. He was the kind of guy who would not be discouraged even if what he's praying for has not come to pass. You will still see him in church. High five, man of God. You will still see him in church. On Wednesday, he's still there. He's not tired. It's not a sweeping passion of I feel like God today. Then this week, I don't feel like God. Because there's something I'm looking for. It never come yet. When it come, I go come. You don't understand. You don't understand. Look at your neighbor say, stay with the gospel. Stay with the gospel. Let this end of the year recalibrate your mind hmm? back to the word of God again. Because you don't even know a lot has happened to you. Even pastors need mental therapy. Oh? But I hope they get the mental therapy from the gospel. I'm just hoping. Even pastors. You know what it means to pastor? No pastor has ever pastored a church in a pandemic before in this generation. No pastor has done it before. No businessman has done business in a pandemic, in a lockdown, where you used to have constant inflows, and all of a sudden the thing just tightened up a bit. Nobody knows how to go about things. Businesses are locking down everywhere. But guess what? When men will say there is a casting down, we will say there is a lifting up. Who we'll say there's a lifting up? I'll show you one last scripture. One last scripture. Of course, we know God your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty three. Let's see Luke chapter ten, verse thirty eight. Luke chapter 10 verse 38. The King James Version please. Luke chapter 10 verse 38. And I'm hoping that most of you will not separate the gospel from life. Can I say what I said again? Can I say it again? I say I'm hoping that most of you will not separate the gospel from life. Your life is the gospel. The gospel is your life. is your life the bible says christ who is our life you know because some of you do family family then when it comes to god we'll do god when it comes to family we'll do family i don't know if you understand what i'm saying some of you do business this is business this business but when it comes to god we'll do god when it comes to business we'll do business you are fragmenting how can you be are you a monster Fragmenting your life up and down. Everything must be from the perspective of the gospel. Relationship. Don't do relationship outside gospel. Don't. Don't do relationship outside gospel. If you are not loving anymore, you have become starved in your spirit. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you cannot love, if you cannot even forgive anymore, you have become starved in your spirit. Don't separate your hurt and your pain from the gospel. Merge your heart with the gospel. Fuse your pain with the gospel. Because I said to some people during the pandemic and during the, um, the agitations, the national agitations and everything that was going on when the protest was on, I said many of us, we can be equal in our pain, but we're not equal in our expressions. Because if you fuse your pain with the gospel, it will teach you how to be expressive. And you express correctly. You will. Alright. Now it came to pass. Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard... No, stay there. Stay there. Verse, verse 39. Stay there. There was a sister Martha and then there was another sister Mary And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, and what? And what? And heard his word on the line That Take note of that. Next verse. But Martha was cumbered about what? Much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, wait, 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 wait. I thought, we preach service. We preach service. So what was the problem with, I'm not trying to compare necessarily between Mary and Martha, because some people have a natural disposition to serve. I know that. And some people like to serve differently. I know that. Uh, But there's something the scripture is trying to point to us here. There's nothing wrong with service. But there is something wrong with how Martha was serving. There's something wrong here with how Martha was serving. There is nothing wrong with this issue of service. But there is something wrong with the way she was serving here, in my opinion, and I'll show you. But Martha was comrade about not serving and came to him and said, Lord... Dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Mother, mother, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Wait, wait, wait! I'm seeing trouble here, and I'm seeing service. Initially, we talked about service that she was serving. And then I am seeing trouble. If Jesus is not in your service, there, there there is no way you will not be troubled about many things. Because if you will not know how to cast your cares. In fact, some of us the drive to service is a drive from pressure, not because we love. It's a drive from pressure to do some things, to, meet, to make ends meet out of pressure and it is outside of the grace of God. That's why the grace of God has to be infused in what you do. There is nothing wrong with service, but there is a problem with how Martha was serving here. Then let's look at the next verse. But one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good path, which shall not be taken from her. Please hear this, everybody. You can do necessary activity, but doesn't mean it's needful. Okay, you are thinking, is this silence? Um, I don't understand. Or is this silence? Uh, I don't agree. Or is this silence? I'm processing. Which one? Which one is it? We're processing? Okay. Let me wait for you. <laughs> you can do. Necessary things If God is not in the picture Of necessary things Necessary things can turn into complaint Because at the end of the day Martha got into complaining Martha started to complain Complain is a natural outcome Of work without God Complain is a natural outcome Of service without the relationship with the person you are serving you can be in church and serve and you'll be tired serving because you are not serving in relationship with him i know you like to sing the song we are walking for the lord walking for the lord it is in him before for him it is in him before it is for him before you do anything for him know that you are in him in him we live In him we move. And in him we have our being. So before you go into for him. You remember the story. Jesus called his disciples. The Bible says that he gathered his disciples together. He taught them and he sent them forth. So before sending them forth. He had to bring them to himself. That you have a good sense of relationship with the one who is sending you. Talk to me somebody. So complain will be a natural result of service. Of service without God in the service without the grace of God in the service bad events bad experiences have hit a lot of people crippled a lot of people and right now we don't have people having the right disposition and their responses have become wrong over time their reactions are wrong because their postures are not right anymore their postures have shifted their postures, how do pastors get bitter? I thought he's the one preaching the Bible a pastor can be bitter, it's it's so easy If the pastor shifts ground from looking at the people instead of looking at Christ, he'll get bitter. That's why I'm I'm admonishing each and every one of you, please, it's been a tough year, it's been a rough year, but I want us to focus on Christ. I want us to come back. It doesn't matter what has happened to you, right? Some of you would have to make deliberate efforts to making peace with people you need to make peace with. You have to be intentional about it. Some of you have to be more intentional about your prayer life because you cannot have you cannot have that active spiritual man, right, without an active prayer life. Your prayer life is is going down the drain, your word life is down the drain, your Bible, you don't you only open your Bible when you come to church. How can your spirit be in line and in tune with the will of God? It's so difficult. It's time for us to wake up, Amen. I, mean, I think I'm done talking I'm, I'm, I'm done gisting with, with, with all of you this, this morning Sunday morning I hope it's been a blessing to you, you know, I, I just want you to refocus and recalibrate Because next year God has great things to do with you Say amen somebody amen. The Lord has great and mighty things That he wants to manifest through you But you need to have the right disposition Praise God The right disposition That your heart will be established with grace Some of you will change the way you talk Because grace has established your heart. Some of you will change your language, your lingua. Your lingua is wrong. Your lingua is wrong. The only time something comes out of your mouth is when you are speaking derogatory about someone. Your language is wrong. Your language is wrong. So like I said to you, I've learned how to identify with people's pain and people's celebration. Learn how to be a empathetic with people learn how to feel what people feel and the Bible says celebrate with those rejoice with those who are rejoicing and cry with those who are crying it takes a heart that has been softened by grace to do that to do that some of you don't even believe that God can do what he wants to do in your life again because you have had constant failed expectations back to back it's as, if, it's as if they plan themselves. When one is ending, another one is starting. From one problem to another. But you must keep in mind that God is good. Do you understand? You must keep in mind that God is good to me still. Let it be your confession. That I love him and he loves me. Paul was writing to Timothy, Pastor Jibza, and he said to him, he says, admonish the Ephesian church, because Timothy was the bishop of the Ephesian church. If you read 1 Timothy, you will see it there. And he said, he said to them that they should be careful with strange doctrines. Strange doctrines in First Timothy. And then when Jesus came back the other time and he was going to rebuke the Ephesian church in Revelations. And when he wrote to the angels of the churches and he spoke to the Ephesian church, he said that you have forsaken your first love. What's the meaning of first love? First love is not your love for God that you had first. That's not first love. Your first love is not the love of God you used to have when you just got born again. You were passionate. Now you are weak now. That's not your first love. Your first love is the love he has for you. We love him because he... So it says you forsaken your first love that they shifted to doctrines rather than looking at the love of God. Rather than looking at the gospel. They shifted to other things. Other intelligent, logical things. Things that are passionate. Things that appeal to their passion and their pain and their hurt. They shifted to those things. No believer, please hear me. Please hear me. If you've been taught by me, you will know that you should never make decisions when you are angry. If you really know Pastor Phil's teachings. I've taught you how to to follow wise how to be on the right path even when your emotions are raging firstly you don't let your mouth run with your emotions then secondly don't, don't decide a direction from pain let it be a leading let it be a leading you might even be in the pain but make sure it's a leading you know what it means for someone to be nailed on the, on, on, on the cross here Right, and instead of saying to the soldiers, God punish you guys, he's saying to them, He's saying to them, Father, forgive them. What in pain? It takes the gospel that is infused with pain to talk like that. I've taught you guys this thing. The gospel, I've been teaching the gospel. For those who want to hear, they will hear. For those who don't want to hear, it's not it's not because the word has not come out there, it's because they don't want to hear, they don't want to submit themselves to the gospel. So please I'm speaking to all of us as a house It's been a tough year, it's been a rough year But recalibrate your mind Back to the goodness of God Recalibrate, become more positive than negative Stop being negative Stop being negative Right now your hopes have become so You know This is what failed expectation does When expectations are failed There is increased suspicion And there is reduced expectation Because of failed expectation. So when you see things, you begin to suspect first. How can you be living like that? Why is your life filled with suspicion? Nobody is after your life. Your life is hidden Christ. Christ in God. The grace of Christ is the only good ground for my life. The, the grace of Christ is what? The only good ground. Dr. J, it's good to see you. The grace of Christ is what? My, say my only good ground. Not intellectualism, not passions, not traditions, not philosophies that produce principles. If those philosophies, if those traditions, if those passions are not in line with the Bible, drop it. It won't help you. It won't help you. It will help you. May the grace of God penetrate your heart. May the great, I said may the grace of God penetrate your heart. Hallelujah. Say with me, I already have a good heart. Can we make that a confession before we pray? All right. So say with me, I already have a good heart. My heart is renewed. My spirit is renewed. I have the mind of Christ. I do what is right. I have the spirit of obedience. I have the spirit of love. I have the grace of God working in me. My life is healing in Christ. And Christ in God. I therefore decree. Now let's speak into the different areas of our life. My business will do well. My relationships will do well. My heart is stable. My mind is stable. Without the grace of God, some of you cannot, cannot have stable relationships. you, You will find out that you are just not able to have stable relationships. When one relationship comes, it breaks because there is something intrinsically wrong with the implantation of the gospel in your heart. And whilst you might be there doing blame game, blaming somebody else, you are not looking to see that you are not established in grace yourself. You can grow as a pastor, you can have a position, you can have a position as a leader in church, as the senior pastor. If your heart is not established in grace, there is complaint waiting for me at the end of the day may the complaints reduce and, and be wiped obliterated in your life say amen somebody yeah. there are some people whose friendships are not consistent because they are not gracious they are not gracious the grace of God makes you a gracious person do you know that the grace of God. The grace of God. I don't care your personality. You might be a strong person. I think one of the reasons why God made me do what I do today is because I was very stubborn. I was very stubborn. I was a very stubborn. This is not how I was born. Like Mick and Lonely Pastor Phil. That's not how I was born. I, I grew up an angry child. Even though I was within the atmosphere of good teaching, good covering. My father used to use me and my anger as message in church. I don't want to say some things I did out of anger from the age of 9, 8. It was very, very bad. My mother had to pray anger out of me. I was very short-fused. Had a quick temper. I'm one of the most stubborn persons I know. I'm not joking. I'm not joking one of the most stubborn persons i know some people who think they are stubborn i look at them i said may the grace of god that worked for me work for you i didn't used to talk i used to fight because my own is to express the strength of the lord (laughs) that that was my own just fighting everywhere i told you now how i stopped fighting I i was fighting the market And then don't judge me, don't judge me. Fighting the market, and a woman passed and said, You, you are here fighting, and your father is preaching in town. I was, I was, I was not a teenager then. That was the last time I fought. Since then, I've never fought anybody again. Amen. The gospel worked in my person, the gospel came into the cracks, into the brokenness of my person. I don't know what stirred up that thing, I don't know what did it. But my father, my mother, they prayed. And to be honest, I kind of almost lost the ability to get angry. Sometimes, even when I'm leading, I have to form like I'm angry. Because that's what the people need. that. Maybe the leaders. Maybe some of the leaders. Maybe that's what they need at that time. To show strong face. Because my father taught me, sometimes you smile, sometimes you laugh. Sometimes you have a straight face. It depends on how you are led. You know you can be led Not to smile Jesus was led Anywhere he went He was doing good There was a day he carried Koboko So that song has to come under the proper frame Of interpretation Anywhere he went he was doing good The weeping of money exchangers Was the good by the Holy Spirit so I think one of the reasons why God made me do what I do today, lead people, pastor people, is because I was a very stubborn person. Most of you who are stubborn, ladies, guys, you are not as stubborn as Pastor Phil, but I have submitted my personality to the grace of God. I know what I would have been without Jesus. I know. I know. It's nothing to be proud of. For. You say, yeah, do you know me? <laughs> it's nothing to be proud of. I know what I know what I would have been without Jesus as short as I am I know what I would have been without Jesus but thank God for the grace of God and guess what there is nothing to regret of a life that has married the grace of God nothing, nothing to regret Pastor Victor grew up with me grew up together he knows what I'm saying praise the Lord somebody how many of you are ready to submit your life to the grace of God Say with me, the grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. Make that a prayer right now, somebody. Just make that a prayer. 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 prayer. grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. The grace of God is coming over your life right now. You are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. You might be here, you're, you, you, you are the boss in your office. The grace of God will help you relate with your members, relate with your subordinates, relate with your workers. You might be here, you work under a boss who is very difficult. The grace of God will help you relate with that boss. You might be here, you're married to the most difficult man in the world. The grace of God will help you relate with that man. Married to the most difficult woman, the grace of God will help you. You're wondering, how do I raise my children right? The grace of God will help you. The grace of God will help you. How do I go about my money? How do I go about my business? The grace of God will help you. The grace of God will help you. The grace of God is available to help you. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. I will bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you been blessed today? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ, twitter.com StandpointABJ, instagram.com slash StandpointABJ, and on soundcloud.com slash StandpointABJ.